everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Welcome to TalkShoe. We'll be starting in a few minutes.
Welcome to Talk Shoe. We'll be right with you. Once again, welcome to Talk Shoe. Welcome to Talk Show. We'll be beginning in a few minutes. We've got a few people showing up.
Welcome to Talk Show. Who's with us tonight? Trinity and Linda are here. Who's this? Trinity and Linda. All right, and we've got Larissa with us as well. We've got EES California on, and we're about to get started here. All right, we've got a few of you on the line now. I believe we've got Larissa and Lisa and Mark on the line right now. And uh, yep. we've got a few others that are coming on. Who is this, Mark? No, it's Larissa. <laughs> oh, Larissa, I heard, yep. Okay, Larissa mm-hmm. and Lisa, and I guess Mark hasn't signed up, or is he listening with y'all? Nope, he's not listening to anything. We try to call him over here, and he's not coming. <laughs> All right. And if you guys have Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 for a little bit, but we're going to move around. And uh, you got to bear with me. It's unclear because the, it has been really squirrely out here. We've got um, um, T-Mobile told us that it was that the lines are going to be kind of bad out here today, so... Anyway, if it starts to come in garbled or something, just let me know. If you're on computer, let me know as well. Uh, and uh, we've got another California that has joined us. We've got little D has joined us. Uh, Mark, as soon as you're on, let me know.
And we're going to be on Ro- in Romans 12, and we're going to talk about something here. And All right, we got some more joining us right now. Mark is here. All right, Mark's in the house. That's right. Mark been in the house all day long. No, I'm kidding. How's everything been going in school? Been going good. Good. All right. So before we start, does anybody have something to say? God been talking to you about something, something to get us moving in the right direction. I have a praise report. Oh, good. All right. So this morning, um, I get there early to school because I know Lisa and Seth have a zero period. So you know, I'll just sit on the quad or go to uh, the media center. And I was really nervous because I haven't been understanding my math homework or anything lately. So I was like, Lord, whatever happens today, Lord, that I have full understanding that I trust you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It was just a short little prayer that I did, that I prayed, and through all my classes, I understood everything. Like it, it came to me super easy, and I was just really happy. Right on. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That is good. He said that He'll remind you of all things. Way to go. Right on. Anybody else have something to ask? God moving in your life. See, God is concerned with that which concerns you. Some people don't think he does. They say, oh, don't bother God with that. No, we already get a promise in the word. He is concerned with that which concerns you. So don't ever think God doesn't care. He does. Uh, Anybody else? All right. Well, we can go ahead and get started. And uh, the recording says right here that it has started recording. So we are on the line. And, let you know, we'll go to Romans chapter 12. And uh, bear with me here. I got a little system that I've been working with here, and hopefully it'll it won't let us down. All right. Romans chapter twelve, first part says, "I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices that are holy, pleasing to God. For this is the reasonable way for you to worship." Now we've been talking about the subject of faith. And what moves and and what moves faith and, and, and I mean how does faith move circumstances and we've been talking about different things and one of the things that we're going to talk about right now is you know a lot of times you know what the world does is that they commit you with their money you know if you if you're in school or you're you're a parent that's got some school things going on um, they always say okay kids there's going to be we're going to be doing X, Y, and Z, and you got to pay 
fifty dollars a kid. You know, we, we don't want to say no to the kids, so we pay the fifty bucks. And what happens is we're going to be there. We just put the money down, and we're going to be wherever the money goes. And so, what happens is in Christ, you know, He doesn't want robots. He doesn't want people that are there out of obligation. Now, some of you young people have been saying, really, God don't want me out of obligation? So I'm not obligated to be here? Never mind, I'll see you. I'm gone. But no, here's what happened. He said, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. Now, holy, what I want you to say to yourselves or say there where you're at, holiness is not an act. It's a fact. God has made you his own. He did not want, he doesn't, you know, he's not, you're not a puppet on a string. And you have decision-making faculties all about you, man. You can make you can make up your mind. You can say, "I want this," and and quite frankly, you can say, "You know what, God, I don't want you." But some people say, "Well, that's not fair because I already know what will happen to me if I reject God." And then some people turn around and say, "I'm going to hell," and you know. Or maybe God won't be pleased with me. Well, God is not moved. The Word of God says whatever is not of faith is sin. So if you're not operating in a place where you trust God, you're already in sin. And that's, that's why the Bible calls unbelief in your heart. He says he calls it evil. It's an evil heart of unbelief. And what happens is what I'm trying to get people away from is having to perform before God and being phony with him. Now... How many? You, how many? Hello. Please forgive me. Hello. I'm joining you guys now. All right. Way to go. Welcome. 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 And so we are. We're talking about. Uh, we're still talking about the subject of faith and how our faith works, and, and what it does. And so we're in the Word in Romans chapter twelve right now. We just started. We had one praise report. Mark was telling us the good things that God is doing with him at school, and that's a good thing because we're. I wanted to mention to everybody that God is concerned with that which concerns us. So it's not, God is not uncaring. He is concerned, and he'll move on your behalf. And so then he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that are holy and pleasing to God. This is the reasonable way of worship. So here's, here's your reasonable way of worship. And I want you to say this. Out, this is an important thing to say out loud. Say, my living is my worship to God. My living is my worship. My worship to God. That's right, because it's how you live towards Him that becomes worship. As you lay aside certain, as you sacrifice yourself to serve Him and and to be with Him. Did you know that most of this is having to spend time with Him? It's not just God. Let me perform for you. Let me be. Let me see how many good things I could do for you. Let me be a good little boy, a little good little girl. Let me be a good citizen, and then I know you're going to be happy with me. God's not pleased with that. He's pleased with faith. And, and if you, the, the Word of God says that you must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that dil, diligently seek Him. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. So even if you do good things, you've got to do them in faith, not because He's going to kill you, but because you want to. And you might, look at, you might look at your life right now and say, you know what, if I didn't know anything about God, I'd be perfectly happy not serving God. And some people can be very, I've, I've had people tell me that's my faith and say, you know what, I wish I never would have known because I wouldn't want to be with God. But I feel like I have to now. So I feel like when I start talking to them about talking to people about being free to 
You can get out the reason behind a statement like that, right, Pastor? Oh, I do know. I, I, I do know. But people say that. And to have no desire, but can, but let me tell you something. We were created with a with a with a part of our our brain even that's created that that and some people in the unscientific term is a god spot. All of us have a god spot in our brain that 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 actually activates and and becomes quite uh, uh, it be, it takes up a good amount of space because that god spot operates in faith. But, you know, even beyond that, there's, there's people who say, well, you know, I would have been perfectly happy not knowing anything, then that way I could do my thing. Well, what it is is that you're, at that moment, even if you make a statement that way, it means that you're not in faith with God. Basically, you're putting yourself in a place where you're still operating on performance. They don't, they don't know him as their heavenly loving father. They don't know anything about his love. They don't know anything about his goodness. It's all that they know about him is he's a God that judges and brings down havoc into their life because he's judging them. That's the only reason that they say something like that. It's said so much out of ignorance to who the true nature of our heavenly father, of our loving God. No, and it is true. And and what it becomes, it becomes, you know, straight up rebellion. And and uh, this is what we've got to avoid um, because, well, you know what? You've got, to, you've got to be true to yourself. Let me put it that way. And, and in being true to yourself, you've got to know. See, a lot of people don't understand this. They think, well, you know, God, I have no choice now because I know that if I don't go with God, I'm going to hell. Well, tell you what, if that's all you know about God, that if you can either talk to him or go to hell, then you don't know God. And so this, this, this identifies you as to where you're at with him. And this is why the relationship is based on faith. Now, faith is, is, is trust. When, when it comes to a relationship with him, you know that he is and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. So what happens is you come to that place where you know that you know that you know him. You talk to him. You've heard him. You know what? I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that most of you have experienced God to the degree that you know who he is. Amen. See, you know him. You had an experience with him. You, you, God's used you. And so sometimes in our, in our moments of, of weakness, we say, you know what, man, uh, you know, I, just wanna, I just don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to be involved. And see, there's no faith there. Whatever is not of faith is sin. And so it is not that, you have, that you're in sin because of the things that you do. You're in sin because of unbelief. Because sometimes we refuse to believe. And that's, and that's the place where we find ourselves. And so, and so you know, the, the Bible says in Colossians 3.10, before we go to Romans, it says, and we've been, we clothe ourselves with the new nature, which is being renewed in full knowledge, consistent with the image of the one who created it. Now, what is that saying? What's saying is that we're constantly being renewed because the more we know about him, the more renewed we become because when we know him, then we know who we are because it says we're renewed in the full knowledge consistent with the image of the one who created. Now, here's, that's an awesome statement because the more we know him, the more, the, the clearer we begin to see who we are because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And here's the thing is that he wants us to be just like him. 
So as we are in him and the Father's in us and we are in Christ, Christ is in him, we are also in that mix. We become like him. And so the other part in Ephesians 4.23, he says that to be renewed in the attitude of our mind or in our mental attitude. Now, isn't that something that we have to renew our attitudes? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I like how he says that. Because he says, regarding the former way of life, you were taught to strip off your old nature, which is being ruined by deceptive desires. The old way of life, you had to work on taking the old nature out, which is being ruined by deceptive desires. But what we do instead is renew our mental attitude, and then we begin to clothe ourselves with the new nature, which is created according to God's image. And so what happens is we we begin sometimes to do our own thing. We begin to think, okay, this is how the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what do we need to do in order to become more like him? We need to begin to think like him. We need to begin to think the things God thinks. And I don't mean like a robot. I'm talking about who he is. You know, the thing is, so many of us sometimes get these, 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 these things, you know, we, and we, we talk about it. If you had a genie, what would you, what would you wish for? What would you do? And somebody goes, a million bucks and, 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 or, you know, get straight A's all the way to high, through high school. Another one might say, you know, more customers. You know, I love doing hair. I'm going to do a bunch of those. You know, so, someone else, you know, there, there's little kids that are out and about in the, in the foster care system that will wish for a family. You know, it's, it's just everywhere. But God already says that we can have the things that we desire as we renew our minds. And the thing is that he said he gives us the desires of our heart. What does that mean? See, a lot of people think, oh, he gives me anything I want. He will. He will as you grow in him. Now, we're going back to Romans. Anybody have anything to say at this moment? Is what I'm saying making sense at this point? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Now watch this. Let me get, get this Bible here. I may be interjecting from a different vein because I didn't catch everything else that was being said. But since we're on the subject of faith, I mean, you've often said it, Pastor, um, that faith works by love. So in order to have faith working towards God, we have to have a really good apprehension of the Father's love and the love that he has for us in order to be able to have that love towards other people, and which teaches us how to behave in the kingdom of God towards those that are without and those that are within. So, no, exactly. you know, it comes back to having a good handle, and when people speak like that or, you know, they have those attitudes running through their mind or they're experiencing those feelings, it simply is because they just need a deeper apprehension of who God is and, and his love. They've got to get a handle of that love. and They have to be able to experience him, but they're too afraid, too standoffish, inside their own self to be able to step into that that will give them that experience. So the enemy has got them somewhat blinded to it, you know, by them yielding to their flesh and the desires that they think wants them. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, that, that part in our brain that's the God shape, you know, Dr. 
Caroline Lee says it that we are wired for love, and this love is a direct love that comes from God. That's what He made us. And even though we don't recognize God as being the one to create us that way, nevertheless, we still have, we still are wired for love. And when we do things any other way, we jack our own self up. And we allow the enemy to continue to keep us jacked up. Well, that's true. And he, a lot of people think that God is always looking to swat us. He's this, this cosmic uh, policeman that's kind of just looking for us to do something wrong. And if we're having too much fun, we think, oh, you know, God's not in it. And, and so here's the thing is that he says, when you begin to sacrifice yourself to him, in other words, my life is yours, God. This is, that's the act. This is the verbiage. I give myself to you, God, whatever you want from me. And, and you know what? I like what Mark said earlier. He said, God, I'm going to trust you with everything. I'm just going to lean into you. I'm going to trust you. And the Bible tells us not to, lean in, not to lean into our own understanding. So that was excellent because Mark chose. And, and you know what? He, maybe he didn't do this on purpose. Maybe it was one of those cries of desperation where you're going like, God, I got I to gotta do good. I don't know what, what, what I'm doing here. So God, you're in control. Take over. God, I'm yours. Is that kind of what was going on, Mark? Uh, not really. It was a short prayer. So. Well, I didn't say all of that, but I mean, was it pretty much, God, you're, you you take the wheel from here? Is that is that what it was? Yeah. All right. Well, those and, and you know this. Gosh, those are the best times because you've got your back look, up against the wall and you've got no other choice, and that's what God loves. Well, and, and what it is is that it says, lean not on your own understanding, but but the word of God says to trust him. And so that was whether he did it on purpose or by accident, lean not on your own understanding, trust in the Lord. Well, that's what we're supposed to do because sometimes we don't understand things, but he does, and he's on the inside of us. See, the answers are on the inside because he lives on the inside. See, the answers are going to come from the sky. You're going to hear the still small voice of your spirit, and you're going to know what it is. So watch. But he says, do not be conformed to this world. But be continuously transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to determine what God's will is. And, and by doing that, you'll be able to understand what is proper and what is pleasing and what is complete. And this is the thing that we, ha- we have to come into. We have to come into a place of renewing our minds and understanding that God's word gives you the avenue of everything that you need in life. Everything you need in there. But we've got to renew our minds to his way. That's why, you know what? The Bible tells us, I'm, I'm going to look for this passage right quick, because I want you to understand what, what, it, what it means. Who else is on with us? I thought I heard my sister Margaret's voice. Are you here with us, Miss Margaret? Matthew six twenty two. Watch this, because see the, you know that you we have certain gates in our in our bodies, and it's our eye gate, our ear gate, our mouth gate. The senses become our, our, the gates, but our eye gate determines what we receive. And, <coughs> and it says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
But if your eye is evil, your, full, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, if light, if the light within you has turned into darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, here's what it's saying. What affects you? What affects you in your spirit? What affects you as you allow things in will affect your whole being. It'll affect your spirit, soul, and body. And and what I'm trying to tell you right now is that sometimes what we allow through the gates, because the word of and it even says the things that come out of your mouth reveal where you're at. And so I'm not saying this to bring any kind of condemnation. What I'm doing is I'm teaching you something so you understand how important it is to keep the word of God in front of you. Because Proverbs uh, chapter 4, and, and I like it in Proverbs chapter 4 because if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. And I believe it's around verse 20. And it says, my son, pay attention to my words and listen closely to what I say. And, and let, me, let me look here real quick. It says, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my saying. In other words, here's, here's, don't let them depart from your eyes. Isn't that amazing that it says, not, don't let the word of God depart from your eyes? It says, keep them within your, you know, and keep them within your heart. For their life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. Now, a lot of times, we want everything to come, you know what? I am a person who loves things to come easy. How many people do I have in here with us that like things to come easy? Yay. Yep. Yes. I'm like that, man. I like the, the easier the better, man. You know what? I, I'm like that. Now, there's some old school people that sit there and say, man, if you ain't working hard for it, it ain't worth having. Well, that's, that's true. But some of the things that have come easy have the things that I've loved the most. <laughs> And I, and I know that all things come from God. All things, all things come from God. And I and I'm not I'm not, you know, I don't give myself a pat on the shoulder over saying, man, you know, that was so good. I'm I, I'm so great. Look at things come easy. I know that anything comes easy is a gift from God. But I'll tell you something. Sometimes we have to. He said, I like what it says here. It says, their life to those who find them. Guess what? You got to find the mysteries of the Word of God. But the Bible says, here's what reveals mystery. When you pray in tongues, the Bible says that you, you, you speak not unto, not unto man, but unto God. And, and, and there are mysteries that are revealed because you speak in the Spirit. You speak in tongues and you, and, you, and you glorify God. But right now what I'm talking about is the Word of God. Because we've got to learn how to renew our mind. We know, you know what? Wrong thinking will mess you up. And what happens is that there's a lot of people who think things about the Word of God that aren't even true. Kind of like when we were talking about Humpty Dumpty. Everybody thought he, everybody said he's an egg, but the, the the rhyme never said he was an egg. <laughs> everybody said, yeah, he's he's an egg, all right. No, somebody's tradition said that. Well, there's a lot of things in the Word of God that people say that aren't true. A lot of people are guilty in their hearts because of some traditions in the church. And what we've got to get really back to is that God really say that. If he did, we have, to, we have to renew our minds to what God says. You know that it only takes 11 to 20 days to renew your mind. But it takes meditating. on. And it says, do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. What do we, what do we keep in our heart? His word. His word. And we listen closely. And so, I like what it says, above all else, 
guard your heart. Because from your heart flow the borders of life. We set the borders in our life based upon our words. I like what he says that we have to check our attitudes in Ephesians. The attitude of our mind. What is the attitude of your mind? You got to check yourself right now. Man, you know what? It's Thursday night. It's 8 o'clock. I, got, I was doing homework all day. I was doing housework all day. I've been at the job all day. I've been at the gym all day. Whatever it is you spent your day doing, and then all of a sudden it's 8 o'clock. What are you doing now? And, and you're here with us. And you think, man, my favorite show is on. Whatever it may be, we get ourselves between a rock and a hard place, and then we begin to talk about what is, what may be, I wish. But you know what? The thing is, that the Bible says that you're his. You were bought with a price. You received him in, as Lord. And some of you moved with him. And, and let me read this to you, because this is important. You know, we, we've, we've tasted of some of these things in, in the spirit. And, and I want to read this to you, because it's important for us to know that he has made us to be unto him righteousness. Isn't that something? That he has made you righteous? Yes. Think about Hallelujah. that. He has made you righteous. There's nothing he can. There's nothing that can be taken away. And, and because he's made you righteous, then then you're able to be like him. But here in this in this passage, it talks about how some of us have gotten lazy. Here, as a matter of fact, it says that. It says in Hebrews chapter five verse eleven it says, "We have much to say about this, but it's difficult to explain because you become la- too lazy to understand." Imagine that we're in this situation right now where I have been speaking to people a lot lately concerning the word and concerning this. And you know what happens? There's so many people who become just too lazy to understand. In fact, it says some of you ought to be teachers by now. But you still need someone to give you God's word. And some of you need milk instead of solid food. Now, it says for everyone who still needs, lives on milk is still a baby and does not know the difference between right and wrong. Uh, and I like how it explains that because it's talking about maturity. And so it says, therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Messiah, and it tells you about some things, it tells us to move forward. Because, see, here's what happens. It becomes, you know, I just read about that person whose eye is dark, and because his eye is dark, there's no light coming into the eye. Everyone, see, watch. When you go into a room with the absence of light, how would you describe that room? Dark? Yes. It's dark. If you enter into a room and there's, no, and there's an absence of light, what do you call that room? Dark. It's a very easy equation. You know why the room appears to be dark to you? It's because there's no light coming into your eyes to reflect what's in that room. Are, are, are we on the same page? Yes. Okay. So you understand the eye works. It, re- it's reflect, it reflects light. It's kind of like when you look at a telescope. When you look at a telescope and, you're, and you look into a pitch black sky, you don't see anything. But when you catch the star, the light that is reflecting off that star begins to give you sight and you begin to see that what looks like one star is actually a cluster of stars. And you see more. Well, what happens is he says that, that with the eye, when it's darkened, the inside of man is dark also because there's nothing to reflect. The Bible tells us that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, the image of God is what ought to be reflecting back to us. Isn't it amazing that when God looks at himself through the reflection of your eyes, you know what he sees? Himself. 
because of because he is light. Isn't that amazing? He looks into the reflection of your eyes, and I don't care what you've done today. I don't care if you've been, you know, think Santa Claus, and we kind of think that when we're naughty or nice, sometimes we, sometimes if you've been a real devil during the day, and something bad happens in the evening, some of some of you think, well, you know, that's all right. I had it coming. No, you didn't. Not if you're walking with God. Well, I haven't been walking with God all day. You know what it takes to do that? God, I'm sorry. Grab his hand and start walking. God never leaves us. He doesn't forsake us. Nope. That's why he says that if you seek him, he'll be found of you. You know what that means? He was there all along. <laughs> that's why I love the translation. He was there. You will. He will be found of you. In other words, he's there. He never left. And so what happens is there's a scripture here that talks about that because you spend so much time in the darkness, you don't see anything except darkness. So when you hear, when you read this, it says in chapter, in verse four, for it is impossible to keep on restoring to repentance time and time again, people who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have become partners with the Holy, Gear, the Holy Spirit, who have tasted of the goodness of God and the powers of the age to come, and who have fallen away as long as they continue to crucify the Son by their own detriment by exposing him to public ridicule. And what he's talking about there is how we keep trying to put God back into this place where he judges you by what you do rather than what he, ha- what he has done. But, uh, but the part that I want to go under, impossible to keep on restoring to repentance, it's not because God doesn't receive your repentance. It's because we spend so much time in the darkness that our own thinking keeps us away from God. And we think, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of coming back. I ain't going back, man. You know what? I'm just tired. I feel guilty all the time. But you know why you're feeling guilty is because you're like the people here who, who have tasted of the goodness of God, who continue to crucify him again and again. And what does that mean? It means that you, that you, are, you go to the cross again as though you've got to get rid of the sin. And that's not what you do at all because the sin has already been gotten rid of. What it means is that what, what you need to do is receive his forgiveness because it all, it's already there. You need to just say, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. And then you go to parental forgiveness. God, I've been messing up. I, I come back to you, Father. I've just been messing around. I've been walking around. There's, I haven't been in the Word, so there's no light in me. So here's what happens. The sin isn't that you've been out there messing around. It becomes that place where you don't trust Him and spend time with Him. So there's a lack of light that comes into your eye. See, the more of the Word that you have in you, the more light you possess. The more knowledge of, of, of the Father that you possess, the more that you can begin to renew your mind to what is right in his eyes. See, so as you begin to renew your mind, you begin to think more. You begin to think better. You begin to, you're, you're so enlightened that you have an expansion in your mind to be able to receive more. That's why God's kids are always ten times better than the world. It's because not only do they have the anointing factor, not only do they have the edge because they're able to see what God sees, but because you're his, you walk in profound favor. But we've got to know that. How do we get that in us? By renewing our minds. How do you renew your mind? Father, thank you for your divine favor. Psalm 5, verse 12 says, The righteous are surrounded with the favors with a cha- with, with, as with a shield. And then you go, wait, but I'm not righteous. No, God, thank you that I am your righteousness, that I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, favor is mine. And Father, I do meditate on that until I see it. Now, that, why is it you're going back to seeing because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It becomes the evidence of things hoped for. How? Because hope gives light and vision. 
and vision. What does it say? And it says the things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That sight becomes evidence of the things that are not seen. When you come into the kingdom of God, I like the Spanish version. It says that you that, that we have to see el reino del Señor. We have to see the kingdom of God, and it says that that we are enlightened, that we have we are illuminated with His light. And so when we begin to meditate upon his word, our minds begin to change, our mind skin. See those wine skins? God can't use the old stuff because you're, you don't have, I like what people, the saying that people say right now, oh man, I can't wrap my mind around that. Well, you're not supposed to. Why are you trying to wrap your mind around something that is spiritually discerned? Because the word of God says that God gives you the ability to understand spiritual things in Luke. And so what I'm trying to teach you today is the renewing of your mind by the Word of God. That's why a lot of people say, well, I pray, but I don't read the Bible. Well, you know what? You're hurting because you have no light. Because the Word of God is a light. The Bible says that, you know, the entrance of His Word, what does it bring? Light. And, you know, I remember one time God showed us that. There was a, a sign and a wonder in our Bible study. And, and I said, the entrance of His Word brings light. And I stretched out my hands. And out of my hands, this big, this big ball of light just left me. Boom! And it lit up the whole room where we were at. And I thought, what a trip. We just stopped and just thanked God that he gave us a physical example of how light comes in when, when the entrance of his word comes in. It illuminates everything. And when I released that, that bright light, it was like, it was like a camera flash multiplied by 100 times. The entrance of his word gives light. Boom. And it was like, you know, it was just amazing to see that fire, that light that came out, that, that just came from our hands. And it, was just, it just lit up the room. The entrance of his word brings light. Illumination brings understanding. And, and to what? It brings understanding to the knowledge of God. That's why we we're going right back to where we started, to the knowledge of God. Now, before, before I continue, does anybody have something to add or something you don't quite understand? Because now is the opportunity to ask questions. If you're getting this right now, at least, you know what, kind of let me know that you're all there and kind of everybody give me an amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, does this make sense right now to y'all? Yes. 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 See, I want you to know that this, if this makes sense because I want you to understand this because if we don't begin to renew our minds, then we'll always be the same person we are and there'll be no change. And renewing of the mind doesn't just have to see because as a man thinks, so he is. So is he. So the, what you see in yourself is who you are. You know what, man, I'm just, I'm just a screw-up. So be it. We put it, we align, we, you know, like what, what Pam, she's doing like Gloria Copeland, and if we say, man, I'm just feeling sick, she goes, well, I agree with you in Jesus' name that you have what you say. And then we turn around and said, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no that's not it. Because I remember uh, Ken and Gloria, Gloria would do that to Ken all the time. He would say, man, that, that just burns me up. I hate this. He goes, well, I agree with you in Jesus' name. You have what you say. And what it is, they would do that to each other and train each other to start thinking, renewing their mind. And a lot of times, you know what? I'll tell you what. When you feed yourself. Now, let, let me bring this up. Students, if you study, if you study the word or study subject at school, that stuff is coming in through the eye gate and into your heart, into your, into your system, into your intellect. Now, let me tell you something. That which goes into the intellect can be accessed again 
through recollection. Now, some of us need help with recollection. And what happens is God begins to illuminate on the inside and bring out. That's why he says that the Holy Spirit will remind you of all things. The, where's the Holy Spirit? Where is he? He, he, he? The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. The glory is on the inside of you. God is on the inside of you. That's why he, when, you, when God is speaking from his throne and, he, and the Father releases a word, it's caught in the Spirit and God begins to speak to you. And it sounds like, it could sound like your voice. It could sound like Sister Esther's voice, sound like mine. People who teach you. But it'll, God is always speaking. So you begin to hear the voice of God. And a lot of times you say, well, I want to hear it out loud. But no, it's a still, small voice. And God is in that. He's not in the fire. That's what, Can I tell you something? You know, everybody says that, oh, earthquakes, God's sending earthquakes. Nope. The Bible says that he wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire in a volcano. He's not in those things. He's in that still, small voice. So the car sounded real loud, like it was real fast. It actually kind of went real slow. But anyway... A lot, of, a lot of believers are that way. There's a lot of noise and there's no movement. That's why we got to renew our minds. And so when we understand what his word says, then we can become more like him. Uh, are you with me? Now watch this. We had just read this and we're going to go back to it in the word. Uh, I believe it's back in Ephesians. Now, is, am I coming in clear, or is it kind of? No, you're clear. Perfect. Okay, good. I'm hearing All you clear. Right. Right. to Carbon Canyon. Oh, great, great. Okay, that's why I couldn't find it. Excuse me. Ephesians. Regarding your former way of life, you were taught to strip off your old nature by being, by, which is ruined by the deceptive desires. Now, your former way of life is when you try to help yourself. But it says to be renewed in your mental attitude and to clothe yourself with the new nature which is created according to God's image in righteousness and holiness. In other words, as you separate yourself unto him, you begin to be renewed. And then, and then in, back in Romans 12, Is it Colossians that talks about to be renewed in the spirit of your mind? It, it says that as well. It says that we continually transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be determined what God's will is. See, so some people don't know what God's will is, but we've got to be renewed in our mind so that we understand what his will is. Why? Because the more of the word that we get in us, the more renewed or refueled our minds become. 
See, let me tell you something. The book of Ephesians is a book that begins to outline much of where you're at. It begins to tell you about who, because of who he is, we understand who we are. See, in Colossians, we read a little bit ago, it says, And have clothed yourselves with the new nature, which is being renewed in full knowledge, consistent with the image of the one who created it. Now, isn't that something that as you renew your mind, then your new nature becomes... See, when you renew the mind, you don't have to work at the new nature. The new nature, what does it say? It's being renewed in the full knowledge, consistent with the image of the one who created it. See, the more you meditate upon the Word of God, and the more you receive and, and, and begin to say, God, I want to be just like you. And you don't just read the Bible and clock it in your memory. You clock it in, you say, God, and you meditate on it day and night. You meditate on this word. This is who I am. You just read it. I don't care if you to read the book of Ephesians every day for, for the rest of the year. You begin to read it. You, begin to, you become to renewed in the full knowledge, consistent with the image of the one who created it. So when you begin to clothe yourself with this new nature by, by being renewed in your mind, then what does God do? He begins to make you more like him. You become more like dad. Isn't that amazing? What renewing of the mind does? But we have to renew ourselves by faith. We have to begin to speak the things that are written in the word about you and read and say those things over yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am accepted and beloved. I am God's favored child. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing I do, nothing I think can separate me from his presence. Father, thank you that your word is true. You begin to read those things. Romans 8, 26, it says, God, that the Holy Spirit will help you pray when you don't know what to pray. How many have ever gotten before God and you're like, you know what, I don't even know what to say. And so the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will help you pray the perfect will of God. So you begin to pray and say, God, you know, and you just, you just begin to pray in tongues. And when you pray in tongues, you build yourself up. So if you're feeling down, pray in tongues. Well, how long do I pray? Till you're feeling up. But then you pray, then you, when you're praying in, in spirit, get in there and start reading the word as you pray in the spirit. Get that word locked in you. See, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you something, and I know by the spirit of God. There are some of you that feel empty on the inside in certain areas of your life. Not all the areas of your life, but every, there's some areas that you ignore because they're still kind of, you know, they're not all, they're not where they're supposed to be. How many know what I'm talking about? Yes. Isn't it true that each of us can go to that place where you can just, you know, there's still a desert here. There's nothing blooming. I'm just going to stay away from there for a while. You know, everybody's got that place. Everybody's got that place where you think, man, woe is me. How many know that all of you got that place you can feel sorry for yourself in? Yep, we can go there. Yep. Oh, yeah, we, we can go there. But sometimes we don't want to renew that area. We want to keep that area kind of, you know, we may not visit it a lot, but we can go there. You know, it's kind of like, you know, there's people that love Disneyland and some other people will just go to help just to be there with someone else. You may not want to. It's laying yourself out as a perfect sacrifice, a living sacrifice. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, sometimes we got to visit relatives that we don't really necessarily want to go to and we go there. And we just, you know, make an appearance, say hello, and stay kind. So, anyway, 
Um, yeah, I'm hearing that too. So, you know, what happens is we, we kind of get to go to those places where we don't want our minds renewed, but we've got to let God into those areas. And, and we've got to begin to let him in so that we can begin to, you know, there are times when we want to just say, you know what, life sucks. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy sometimes. And then we say, Lord, I'm so sorry. You come out of that area and you say, God, let me renew my mind. Let me get in the word a little bit. Let me just enter into some praise. You know, uh, you know, how many have ever had the Holy Ghost nudge you and he wants to spend time and he wants you to get in the word and you say, well, instead of the word, let me put on some Christian music. You know, and, and we do some things to kind of like pacify what we believe God wants, but God isn't going to be fooled. We just fool ourselves. You know, and I like what the Bible tells us, that we deceive ourselves. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's one thing to be deceived by someone, but it's another thing to deceive ourselves. And that's why it says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, you, watch what he says. This is what he says about you. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, am I talking to God's chosen ones? Yes. Yes, you are. There's three of you. How many of you are with me? All right, I'm talking to God's chosen ones. Now watch this. God's chosen ones. Holy, loved. What does he say about you? You're God's chosen, holy, and loved one. That's who you are. Man, that's a good little part to, to, to meditate on. That's, that's Colossians 3.12. And it says, now it says, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness. Humility and meekness. Meekness to be pain. And patience. He says, be tolerant of one another. Forgive each other. And if anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord forgives you, you should always also forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which ties everything together in unity. And let the peace of Christ also rule your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. And it says, whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do everything in the name of the Lord giving thanks to the Father. Now, isn't that amazing? That if we begin to meditate on who we are, we become more like him. Now, watch what he tells you. Right ahead of that, it says, you must get rid of anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene speech, and all such sins. Now, how does he tell you to do that? He remembers he says, you have been clothed. You're clothed with the new nature, which is being renewed in the full knowledge consistent with the image of the one who created it. Therefore, as God's chosen one, you know that if you begin to, begin to receive the fact that you're chosen and you begin to say, God, I'm chosen. Now, that sounds kind of odd at first. You sound like you're just kind of being arrogant. Say, God, thank you. I'm one of your chosen ones. Every morning, get up. This is your homework. Every morning, get up and say, God, thank you that, you cho that I'm one of your chosen ones. Thank you, Lord, that I am chosen. Thank you, Father, that I'm chosen and you've made me holy and loved. Thank you, Father, that I am chosen, holy, and loved. I am a chosen son of God. I am holy. I am set apart and I'm his. And I am loved. Thank you, Father, for loving me, for choosing me, and setting me apart as your own. Could you imagine just meditating on, on, on Colossians 3.12? what God will do with you. 
Isn't that amazing that we can begin to be just like him? Just by meditating on what he says about you. And this is going to be your homework. I'm not going to be homework and give you like three hours of homework. I'm just going to give you a few minutes just to get me with God every day. You say, Father, thank you that according to Colossians 3.12, that I am chosen. I am God's chosen. Father, I am God's chosen. That makes an individual. He didn't say I chose a group. He said I chose you. I am God's chosen. And I am made holy. And I am loved. Thank you that you love me so much. Thank you that you chose me. And thank you that you've made me holy. Thank you. Every day, just meditate on that passage. Now, I read it out of the International Standard Version, but I want you to understand. Every day, that's your homework, Colossians 3.12. Every day, get up and say, thank you that I am God's chosen. Thank you, Father, that you've made me chosen in the beloved. Thank you that I am set apart. Thank you, Father, for making me to be who you call me to be. In Jesus' name. See, and when we become who he told us that we are, then we can literally change our mind. That is a point of, of renewal in your mind. Now, what do you think? What do you think about that? What does that do to you on the inside? That makes me excited. <laughs> it gives me something to look forward to. It gives me something to get busy with. It does. You say, thank you. I am, thank you that I'm chosen. I am your chosen one. You know what? You can be, re- you know what? You can, anybody in the world can reject you, but you know what? God didn't. He said, you're his chosen one. I am your chosen one. Thank you that I am your chosen one, that you've made me holy and you, and you loved me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for setting me apart. And thank you for choosing me. You're chosen. Isn't that good? Everybody together say, I am chosen of God. I am chosen of God. I'm chosen and of God. And he loves me. And he loves me. Amen. You're loved. We've got to begin to change and renew our minds and say, God, thank you that I am chosen. I am set apart and I have loved of you. You are the creator of the universe. You are the most powerful being in all in, in the universe, but you chose me. You chose me. I am chosen of you. You've set me apart as your own, and you love me. Could you imagine the creator of all that is known, that creator of what you see and don't see? He loves you so much that he chose you. Out of the 7 billion people on the earth, he made an individual just for you. And he said, son, daughter, and he called you by name. He says, Larissa, Annalisa, Mark, individually he tell you, I love you and chose you. Esther, I chose you. Set you apart as my own, and I love you. I imagine that that word, just for you, just for you, Pam, he goes, Pam, you are my chosen one. And I've loved you, and I have set you apart as my own. Imagine that. That is God speaking to you. That is his word just for you. Now, that's a good place to end. We're already at 901. 
How many here have gotten something out of this right now? Yep. Um, I did, now, Pastor. Amen. You know what? Today wasn't a deep teaching, but I, it is about renewing the mind. It is about saying, God, you know what? I want to think your thoughts. I want to be what you want me to be. And, and this is just a small exercise on renewing the mind. This is a small exercise on how to renew the mind. You say, God, I want to be like you. So I am going to start thinking the thoughts that you would think. You know, the Bible tells us that, that, that watch, you got to remember this, what I said, that if the eye is dark, everything about it, what you allow in is what begins to darken you. If you allow, you know what, we've got to begin to allow good things to come into our lives. And, and, and again, speaking of the, the reflections, you know, you go into a dark room, you go into a room that, has, that is absence of light. What do you call that room? Dark, right? Dark. That's right. But see, why? Because there's no light to reflect from the eye to give it vision. It needs light. Well, so do you. And so do, so do, so, so do I. We need the light of his word to give us vision. Amen? We need the light of his word to give us vision. And that's what renews the mind. The light comes in... <coughs> <laughs> the entrance of his word gives light. So it gives us the answer right there. It's the word of God that gives light. Light then gives vision. Amen? So as we as we receive vision, then we get to see who we are. And then pretty soon we get to have a different world view. Amen. Somebody got anything to add to that? Anybody have something to add to that or how it or, or how it how you receive that? I'm gonna let everybody else go ahead and chime in, Pastor. You know I always have something to say. <laughs> uh huh. Go ahead, Miss Miss Esther. Well, being that I only caught about maybe the last half hour of the show, it was an excellent show today. I was so glad that I was able to at least come in the last part of it. But it, it's very true what you're saying, Pastor, about the, the importance of renewing our mind. And part of um, the studies that I'm going through has a lot to do with the mind, the mind's effect and the decisions that are made in that particular area of our soul, how it does affect our brain. And our brain simply yeah. is it's an organ, but that organ is what controls a lot of the five physical senses. So when you're just talking about the simplicity of, of light entering in to the five physical senses, that has a lot to do with, and it plays its part in the spiritual component, which is where faith comes through. Yeah. So all of these things need to work together, but the first line, the first place that we start at is with the renewing of a mind. So take heed, church. I'm I'm enjoying it. Thank you, Pastor. Again, another two by four in faith. <laughs> Where's everybody at? I heard you. The phone was just kind of cutting off, so I, I did hear you. And that is, that's a good word because you know what? 
the renewing of the mind is so important. We will not grow if we don't renew our mind. And it's so vitally important to renew our mind. And so this is, you know, this is a vital component to faith. Faith works by love. This is why I want you to meditate on that. What is it that we're to meditate on? Thank you that I am chosen. Thank you that, that I am chosen, that I'm holy, and that I'm loved. Colossians. It's in the book of Colossians, oh, chapter 3, this. verse 12. Oh, I need that. Yes? Go ahead. No, nothing. Go ahead. My phone was cutting off. And so when we begin to understand these principles, then God begins to expand these things in our hearts. All right. Does anybody else have anything? Well, it's our time to say good night. You know, good night to everyone who joined us and who took the time. I pray God continue to speak to you all through, through vision, through dreams, through different manifestations. May the manifestations of God be in your life. The Word of God said that signs follow them that believe. Do we believe? Then signs should follow, Father. Thank you that you move upon by the Holy Spirit. Those of us that are, have listening ears to hear, Lord, that we, that, we, that we heal the sick, that we raise the dead, that we cleanse the lepers, that we cast out devils, Father, those things you've asked us to do. Thank you that we become, testi- that we become a testimony in our schools, at our jobs, in the marketplace, everywhere we are, Father, that the influence of your kingdom be manifest in Jesus' name. Good night, everybody. We love you, and we'll talk to you all soon. Good night, night, everyone.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.